0: On Tuesday, March 27, 2018, the Ponca City News published this obituary. Lowell Leon Lefebvre, beloved husband, father, and community leader, passed away peacefully on Friday, March 23rd, 2018, in his home near Ponca City at the age of 81. He was born on July 2nd, 1936 to Lowell and Eleanor Lefebvre in Waukegan, Illinois, and grew up in the surrounding area. He proudly served in the U.S. Army during the 1950s, where he was an electronics instructor in El Paso, Texas, and a field technician for computer-controlled anti-aircraft guns in Okinawa. In 1966, he married Nancy Griggs, and together over the years, they were blessed with six wonderful children. Returning to grad school at the University of Illinois between the arrival of their first and second sons, Lowell often joked that he would be a professional student if he could afford it, and he instilled that love of learning and curiosity in each of his children. His career, after military service, was as a pioneer in the emerging field of software engineering, and his work took him from Illinois to Washington, D.C., and then to Cleveland, Ohio, where most of their children were born and raised. In 1999, a consulting position with Mertz Manufacturing in Ponca City, Oklahoma, led the family to relocating from Ohio to their current home near the city. He is survived by his wife, Nancy, his son, Kenneth, who lives in Berea, Ohio, with his wife, Wendy, and their four children, Ethan, Joshua, Sophie, and Ellie, his son, Michael, who lives in Brownsburg, Indiana, with his wife, Heather, and their five children, Rachel, Andrew, James, David, and Laura. His daughter, Nicole, who lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, with her husband, Joseph DePong, and their two children, Stella and Nico. His son, David, who lives in South Euclid, Ohio, with his wife, Megan, and their newborn son, Connor. His son, Daniel, who lives in Oklahoma City with his wife, Crystal, and daughter, Kylie. And his son, Micah, who lives in Lakewood, Ohio, with his fiancée, Anna Maria. His younger brother, Len, lives in Las Vegas, Nevada, with his wife, Linda. Lowell was preceded in death by his parents, Lowell Sr., in 1980 and Eleanor in 2007, and by his older sister, Loretta, who passed away just last month, February 2018. Lowell and Nancy attended Loretta's funeral in Blue Island, Illinois, where so many dear family were grateful to have an opportunity to spend ...what turned out to be one last time with Lowell. Arrangements for Lowell's burial in Longwood Cemetery were made by Grace Memorial Chapel... ...and the burial on Monday afternoon was attended by immediate family. As you can probably tell, this is a bit of a different episode... You just heard the obituary from my father, who shocked everyone in my family when he passed just a few days ago. Well, a few days as of this recording. I record based on a true story a few weeks ahead of time. So right now, I'm going to put the podcast on an indefinite hiatus. I do want to continue it, but if you've listened to the show for a while, then you know that this is a show I do in my spare time outside of full-time job and family obligations, well, those obligations are taking a priority right now, as I'm sure you can imagine. But I wanted to do something a little special for you in the meantime. You see, it was just six days before my father passed away that I sat down with both him and my mom to record some family history. It was something I had always wanted to do, but one of those things I never really got around to doing for way too long. I'm so grateful to have done that just before his passing so my family can cherish those memories. Those won't ever be turned into stories you'll find in movies. Quite honestly, when I first recorded them, I'd hoped that I would have more time to edit them into something a little more organized than what you're about to hear. But my father's sudden passing was a hard lesson that we don't have much control over the time we have left. So today... Rather than a more organized and edited episode, I invite you to pull up a chair beside myself, my mom, and my dad as they recount one of the stories from my recordings just six days before my father passed away. This is the true story that my family is based on, the story of how my mom and dad met. So, mom, let's start with your version of that story and how how you two met and then we'll go we'll go through dad's side of that later, but um the story of how you and dad met.
1: Okay, I was living in suburban Virginia and working in Washington D.C. at the Institute for Defense Analysis, which was a private government think tank across the street from the Pentagon. And um I had a a roommate friend, and somehow she heard about a party that was going on. And that whoever told her said, These guys really throw a great party, we ought to go. But neither of us felt comfortable just walking in on somebody's party that we didn't know. So uh, she'd been given a phone number, so she called, and this guy answered. And she said to me later, she said, he was really, sounded really like a nice guy. She said, but he had a strange last name and I couldn't ever spell it or tell you what it was. But he said, we were certainly welcome to come, you know, so we had an invitation. So we went to this party and it was a bunch of guys that lived in a house near Embassy Row in a very nice area of Washington, D.C. The houses there are tall and slim and, you know, side by side row houses this house was jam-packed with people. Wall-to-wall people, standing room only. Remember that? <laughs> it was really a crowded party. And uh, I remember somewhere in the basement at one point, somebody opened a bottle of champagne and it just went phew. And everybody in the vicinity, myself included, got damp from that champagne that fizzed over. But somehow during that evening... Lowell and I met I don't remember exactly how we got together but we started talking for a while we sat on the stairs by the living room there visiting and then there were so many people trying to go by us upstairs and down because it was just constant people and conversation (laughs) and noise and um, so we went outside and we sat on this little stoop outside the front door there it was uh, warm season I don't remember exactly when it was but it was it wasn't Cole was very comfortable. We sat outside. We talked all evening long. I don't know what we talked about. We just sat out there visiting, talking, talking, talking. And then it got to be time to leave. And my roommate, Ann, she came out and she said, "Um, okay, it's time to go. Let's wrap this up. Sure. She said, I'm going to go get the car. So she went and got her car and she came back and she sat out front for a while and we're still talking and She got fed up, so she said, I'm leaving, so she left, but she really wasn't leaving me. She walked went around the corner, and the funny thing is, she's coming around the corner, around the block there, but before she could see us still sitting there, she was expecting me to be panicked, you know, standing out by the street waiting for, for my ride. But we're still sitting there. But before she could see us, we could see the front of her car coming around. So we knew she was coming back. She did that a couple of times, threatening to leave me there. And uh, finally, I decided she was serious. I better wrap it up. So I did. So that was our first introduction. It was just a long evening of conversation. And it um, seems to me he made a date for a, a later time. And then he didn't show up for the date. He, The story later was that he got watching a football game on TV and forgot about it. So he set another date. And so for this date, when he came to pick me up, I made this big thing of borrowing a dime from Ann so that in case he forgot me somewhere, I could call her because in those days a payphone call was 10 cents. So I borrowed this dime from her so that I could call her if he forgot me somewhere, like watching football or something. That was the big joke. I don't remember what we did on the date, but anyway, we'd hit it off pretty well. Then he was going, IBM was sending him up to Poughkeepsie for another school, and so he was gone for a long time, and quite frankly, I forgot about him. Life goes on. And then sometime later, weeks later, I got an envelope in the mail, No return address. And inside was a 3 by 5 card with a dime taped to it. That's all it was. Just this. It's like, what in the world is this? Uh And Ann said, that's that guy. You remember you borrowed a dime because he forgot you and you thought you needed the dime? And uh, so he was coming back to town and he sent me the dime, I guess. Anyway, when he got back to town and finished the school... He got back in touch with me, and we began dating. And then it was like every day we saw each other for till we ended up getting engaged and eventually married. That's another story. <laughs> so,
0: so let let let's uh, hear your side of that because it sounds like uh, sounds like you have some explaining to do about <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: I, I pretty much agree with her version of it. <laughs>
0: Give us a little uh, context, I guess, because she called. It was at one of your friends' houses, right? And um, uh, it, you were no, it was
2: it was where I lived. Uh, okay. There were uh, five of us that rented a house on. Um, uh, it was just one block from uh, the National Cathedral, which is on the corner of uh, Wisconsin and Massachusetts Avenue, uh, major intersection. And a great location, and it was a standalone house, uh, two uh, two stories with a finished basement. And uh, we had, uh, this was pretty common for young people to share a house, uh, and we had a variety of people there that worked in other parts of the government. Uh, in fact, there was one other fellow in the house that worked for IBM in a uh, division that I was unfamiliar with. But, uh, anyway, we there were a lot of parties around Washington, D.C. for young people. And we uh, uh, went to parties other places. A lot of places but we also had them ourselves at the house there and this particular party was uh it was all word of mouth because uh, there wasn't anything formal about it but we had a party that uh, we said all the guys that come should bring a bottle of champagne and the gals just come <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I would guess there were over 200 Wow, people at the house, and that was pretty much limited to uh, the first floor uh, living area and uh, basement uh, where there's a bar and uh, outside. <laughs> so it was a nice day. And uh, as uh, Nancy mentioned, we, we kind of just were getting out of the crowd to be uh, up there talking and enjoyed the, our conversation. and Everybody else just came and went and kind of hit it off. Yeah, yeah.
0: And that's how my parents met. From there, they got married on March 29th, in fact. I know I mentioned that I recorded the chat with my parents parents, the one that you just heard, six days before my dad passed away. Well, he passed away just another six days before what would have been my mom and dad's 52nd anniversary. And that's where I'm going to leave this episode. Now it's time for me to take a step back from the podcast for a moment and focus on other things. As I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, I hope to continue based on a true story at some point. If you stay subscribed to the show, you'll be the first to get new episodes when they're released, but as of this moment, as I hope you can understand, I just don't know when that'll be. Until I'm able to start up the show again, thank you for listening and supporting the show. I hope to chat with you again at some point. Until then, I encourage you to take a step back from the daily hustle and bustle and give your loved ones a hug. Spend time with them. Just let them know how much you love them. You never know how long you have. And Dad, I wish I could give you a hug right now. I know you won't be listening to this, but I'm dedicating this to you just the same. I'm going to miss your smile and your laugh. I'm going to take it one day at a time, but I know you'll always be with me. I love you.